Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, discussing and debating the iconic and the forgotten of 80s and 90s pop culture with your co-hosts, James D. Graves and Jason Colvin. That is awesome. That, that is, is awesome. That is such a good introduction. I don't think we can follow an introduction <laughs> like that. Just, I'm not sure we can live up to it, but uh, we're going to have a good time trying. Yeah, we'll do our best. Thank you very much, Jet Thomason, for doing the voiceover on that introduction for us. Uh, fantastic work. We appreciate everything you do. And uh, we love your podcast as well, Limos and Roses, the Bachelor's podcast with his wife, Chelsea. And... Um, we're here to do our podcast, first episode. I'm super excited. Me too. Me too. How you doing, D? I'm awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I can't wait to dive into uh, the 80s and 90s stuff that we're going to talk about. So we talk about the things that we loved when we were kids. It's something that I'm sure most of you do as well. Uh, we talk about the things that bring back emotions and passion and excitement and bring us back to the way we felt when we were young uh, because we like feeling that way again. That's right. That's right. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about music. Uh, we may compare and contrast people or events or different things, but we uh, typically agree on things. We we like each other, and so that means that we tend to agree on things. But we don't always agree that's on right. things. That's right. That's right. So, so sometimes we have to settle an argument. That's right. I think um, we may have that today. Yeah. What are we doing today? So today we're going to talk about and compare Michael Jackson's Thriller album versus Michael Jackson's Bad album. Okay, well, I don't think there's a comparison there because Thriller is obviously the best album. It's the number one seller in history of music. It is, but everybody tricks themselves into believing that Thriller is a better album when Bad is actually a better album. I thought we said we were not going to be haters about this. So now I'm tricking myself. That was happening. Thriller's fantastic. I mean, Thriller (laughs) is a great album and really one of my favorites. And Bad is a great album and one of my favorites, but there is no way that you can think that Bad is better than Thriller. Okay, well, I'm going to explain why Bad is better than Thriller, and hopefully I can get you to agree with me. Maybe some other people will agree with me as well. Okay, yeah, I think that if you guys want to take part in this argument, that is what we're all about. That's right. Why don't you uh, tell them where they can tweet us? All right, so we would love to hear your thoughts, and whether you agree or disagree, follow us on Twitter at Shirley Podcast on Twitter. Okay, so now you said that you love Thriller. Obviously, Thriller came out before Bad, five years before Bad. came out in 1982. Bad came out in 1987. What do you remember from when you heard Thriller? Okay, so Thriller to me is elementary school. Uh, That's my fourth and fifth grade year. And I remember roller skating to those songs and hearing them at basketball games. And um, people at, at my elementary school will be shocked to hear that I'm preferable to Bad. Because I was very much a Thriller mega fan in fourth and fifth grade. Okay, so the the kids, what, who was who was your teacher? My my teacher, Mr. Hoover, my fifth grade teacher. I bet you, if we found him today, called him up, he would be like, "There's no way, Jason was Mr. Thriller." Okay, can somebody get Mr. Hoover on the line, please? We need Mr. To Hoover, I'm telling you, call in the podcast. If we had a phone, you could call us right now. Yeah, it would be neat if you could do call on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm excited to uh, to talk about how I got there as well. Uh, let's, let's keep on going. All right. 
Well, let me let me tell you about my experience. So, I was born in '75. So, I was six to seven years old. The first experience that I had with Michael Jackson, and I tell everybody that the, that Thriller was my first LP to own. But in kind of going back and looking at things, I remember there was one LP, but I don't really count it. Um, as great of an LP as it was, it was the Chipmunk Punk. I had Chipmunk Punk, which has literally no punk on it at all, but it has it has some of the great uh, songs of that time, including songs from Queen and Blondie. Maybe next so, time we can debate whether or not the Chipmunks were actually punk or not. Yeah, they were definitely not punk. <laughs> yeah. So the first adult album that I ever owned, the first adult LP I owned was Thriller, and I, w- I can remember very clearly was watching TV and I saw the Motown where the Jacksons got together again. At the time, Michael Jackson wasn't going to come. Like he and his brothers, I guess, had had a falling out. And so he wasn't even going to show up. But they they begged him. He said, let me do a couple solos. Yep. And, and I'll agree to do Is it. Is this the infamous Moonwalk, Billie Jean? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So after the Jacksons get done with their set, which I don't remember any of at all. I mean, the the only thing that I can have a clear memory of, despite my extreme young age, is him singing and then the dance that he did when he hit the moonwalk and the crowd erupted. I said to myself, I want to be that guy. Did you have that on record or tape? Yeah, I had or? the LP. Okay. I had the L, the vinyl LP. Okay, gotcha. So um, I had it on tape. Uh-huh. I had it on tape, which this is how old I am. My buddy had it on record, LP. Right. Yeah. And you could actually open it up. Oh, yeah. And there was drawings that Michael Jackson had done himself on the inside. And I remember had to unfold the tape, but there weren't those drawings. No I remember drawings, thinking yeah. Yeah, Man, the, these the are, tape paper was always a disappointment. I know. I know. I remember I don't remember all of them. I do remember the girl is mine. It had a picture of Michael and Paul sort of like pulling on the girl, you know, like a wishbone. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I remember the front cover was what everybody saw, which was him kind of posed in that awesome white jacket <laughs> and that awesome black background. He and he's like almost glowing. And he's got the cool little leopard, the leopard handkerchief in his pocket. And then when you opened it up, you're like, oh, he's actually got a tiger on his knee. Like there's a baby tiger there. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they didn't do anything wrong. Even the album design is flawless on that. Yeah, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. So Thriller was released November 30th, 1982. 1982. Uh, it was when we started doing Valley Girl Talk. Uh-huh. Uh, Grody to the Max yes. and Totally Tubular. Gag me with the spoon. The guy who invented the DeLorean. DeLorean. Yes. He got busted. <laughs> he got busted in 82. I guess the DeLorean business was not going as well as he wanted it to. And he got caught with about $20 million worth of cocaine. And that was the end of the DeLorean car. 
Um, or was it? Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah, until <laughs> 1985, uh, when the greatest movie of the 80s was released. Oh, surely it can't be serious. Yes. <laughs> and don't, don't call, call me Shirley. Shirley. <laughs> that summer... Uh, was the release of another huge, huge movie. Yes, E.T. E.T. I remember seeing E.T. Well, my goodness. Go ahead, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about E.T. in later episodes, hopefully, but uh, I remember just was it just an avalanche of E.T. that summer. Just out of control. Um, I saw it many times in the movie theater. I remember taking my mom, then I wanted to take my dad, and I'd take my sister, and take my friend. and um, So, E.T., big, big at the box office that summer. The music uh, for that year uh, it sucked looking at the music from 1982 is terrible like the biggest the biggest thing was ebony and ivory which yeah. was was i remember that and, and i like that uh yeah, song kind and, of yeah and yeah i know how you feel about those duets with paul mccartney I am dark and you are light. You are blind as a bat. I have sight. We'll get to that. Uh, but uh, I love rock and roll, which was kind of you know yes. it was it was the end of the disco era and rock and roll was coming back. So I love rock and roll. I loved going to the pizza parlor and I would hear Pink Floyd. I would hear Queen. I would hear. I love rock and roll every single time we went to the to the pizza parlor. And so, yeah, music, terrible. Yeah. Until yes. November of 1982. Yes. When Thriller was released. Swamped everything, yeah. Absolutely. And so... Um, I think we're probably getting into the the meat of things now. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk. We'll we'll say, okay. First, uh, the track listing for Thriller. Uh, we've got uh, "Wanna Be Starting Something," "Baby Be Mine," "The Girl Is Mine," "Thriller," and then on the other side, you've got "Beat It," you've got "Billy Jean," you've got "Human Nature," and you got "Pyt" and "The Lady in My Life." Some of those you're like. I don't remember that song. Yeah, I didn't either. That's right. okay. Those are the ones I skipped whenever and we had to very carefully move the needle from uh, that song back over to the beginning of Beat It. Right, right. The first song that was actually released from the album was released before the album was. Interesting. Look at the dog gone, girl, this is mine. And so uh, what happened was they're trying to put together this album. They give... Paul McCartney a call and Michael Jackson's like, Paul McCartney's like, who is this? It's Michael Jackson. He's like, he doesn't believe it. And, and which is the same thing happens a little bit later on when beat it. But um, finally he's like, Oh, this really is Michael Jackson. And he says, You just come over and record a song. He says, Sure. And so they go over to record a song. They do this ridiculous 
the doggone girl is mine. Um, and uh, and they put it out, and it's a hit. It's a hit. It's yeah. a big hit. Like it was. What did it reach? It reached number two on the Hot 100. That's nice. With so, no video support either, just kind of a release. Right. So yeah, that's the continuation. We've got MTV. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. So MTV had just come out the year before. It just came out in August of 81. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they're looking for, I mean, there's only 250 videos in existence in 82 that they're just recycling over and over. So they're trying to get more stuff. So they're excited about uh, what they can do with Michael Jackson because... Well, now wait a minute. So the only thing that I'm wondering is when Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson did a song called Say, Say, Say... Say, say, say what you want, but don't play games with my affairs. Yes. That had a video with it? Yes. Was the one p- where they're dressing up like clowns and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like I, a traveling I, circus. I don't think that came out until later, but I don't know. I don't, I don't okay. think, I do not think they had recorded together. Well, I know that's not in the Thriller album. No, um, it's not. I, I don't know that it was released. It may have been on a, maybe it was on a Paul McCartney album. Yeah, here you go. It says, uh, Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney recorded Say 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 and another song called The Man for his fifth solo album Pipes of Peace that was released in 1983 so I guess that was Pipes of Peace right well you know (laughs) one of the best albums of the 80s Pipes of Peace Uh, so that was released in 1983 so I guess that was after Girl is Mine so okay go so Girl is Mine now the pressure's on to get these things this song out so let's just just real quick we can I, I just want to throw this out there. So Thriller has obviously Michael Jackson, and this is obviously a collaborative effort, but we've got Sir Paul McCartney. Yes. Then we've got Eddie Van Halen. Yes. Do you know who the, the band was that was playing the music? Uh, Toto, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. the guys from Toto. That's yeah. exactly right. I mean, they're the most skilled guys playing music at the time, which, I mean, is appropriate. But it's kind of funny. You know, I don't think I would know any of those guys if I saw them in Walmart. No, no, no chance. No. no and chance. they've got... Which is, you know, for some... I still cannot figure out how that's resurged like it has. So the... Uh, they hear... They heard the Paul McCartney song and they heard doggone girl is mine and they fell out of their chair laughing. <laughs> but who, who knows from good taste, I guess, because it was big and the pressure's on to get this done. And they recorded thriller in eight weeks. Okay. And they've got a couple of guys, Bruce, uh, Sweden, I believe is his last name. Rod Templeton, Quincy Jones, and Michael Jackson are the four bodies and one brain behind thriller. They, they're trying to get this thing that they call, the sonic sound, like it's the the crisp sound, and that is and that's one of the things I remember the most. You listen to stuff before and after Thriller, and you're like, why does this sound so kind of foggy and muted and stuff like that? Right. It's because they didn't have that sonic sound, and these guys were trying to do it. And after eight weeks of recording, they listen to it, and Michael Jackson walks out, and they find him in the room across the hall sobbing because it doesn't sound right. 
And so for the next three days, they remix and re-record, or wow. then re-record. They remix the entire album. So here's the thing. the this, It's too much music. It's too long. And what happens when you try to pack in a whole bunch of stuff on those LPs is the grooves get tighter and tighter. And so you lose all of the little pinks and pops right. that make it exciting. They remixed it all. And gave us that sound which is thriller yeah but we also talked about i was talking to you earlier it was very nearly not thriller it was almost called starlight starlight yes Starlight, you know, just doesn't have the same ring as Thriller. Yeah, so, definitely. Rod Templeton's yeah. the one that came up with the title track, title of the album. He's, because he's like, this is this is good, but it's not quite what we need. You know, think of something else, work on it. <laughs> good try. And he said he woke up the next morning and it just was the word in his head. It was just Thriller, and he said he could see it on the billboards. He could see it on the marquee. He could see the Thriller, and he was like, this is it. This is yeah. the name of the album. And then, I mean, they're literally weeks into production. Like, they haven't even written the song yet. They've written some other song called Starlight, and so they're back at it again. So they they put these songs, they put the the right words to Thriller, and yes. then they're like, okay, there's got to be a rap at the end. Yes. There has to be a rap. You know, right. We're talking about all the contributors to the album, right? <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, we don't know who's going to do the rap, and we haven't written the rap yet. And, and Quincy Jones is like, you know, my wife knows... Um, Vincent Price and like okay call him up let's get him in here yeah and so he calls him the next day he's like hey he's on the way over and Rod <laughs> Templeton's like in the taxi he's like I haven't even written the the rap yet and so he writes it like freaking Abraham Lincoln on an envelope he's writing the, oh, the yeah. rap uh, on the way and uh, he he like he gets there, he sees the limo pull up, he sees Vincent Price get out of the limo, and so he runs around back, throws it to a receptionist and says, copy this for me. And so she does a quick, what I don't know what they were, they weren't Xeroxes back then, it was like a photocopy. Ditto, yeah. Yeah, and so she does that and puts it on the stand just as Price comes into the recording studio. Darkness falls across the land. Midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. And he does like two takes. And two takes. It's done. You know how much he was paid for that? Nothing. Less than a thousand dollars. Yeah. Less yeah. than a thousand dollars, and it was heard on every radio station around the world for the next three Christmases. Right. Well, he and Eddie need to get together, I guess. I, <laughs> I think Eddie got like a couple cases of beer. <laughs> like, I mean, he really he got nothing. I I did read a little bit that Vincent Price was not pleased that they didn't. Uh, Give him more money. Give him more money about that. Um, he kind of had a resurgence in fame. I would think that would count for something. 
things from everything. With lines like the funk of 40,000 years, I mean, how can you go wrong? So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Two takes, less than a thousand bucks. Okay, before we go any further, can we just take a minute and do a Potter and Family shout out? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, podcasters are a very supportive community. We've received support from so many out there, and there are some that we love and we'd like to give support to. Absolutely. So today we want to recognize the guys at the 30-something movie podcast. They take movies that are 30 years in the making, and they do an analysis of the movie to say, yeah, this is a movie that you should revisit, or no, it's okay, you don't have to come back and see this again. Right now. Yeah, that's right. So they've been doing it for about five years or so, and this, they are now entering 1990. Yeah, the 90s decade has just begun, and I'm super excited to hear what they have. They've been so supportive of everything that we've done, and um, we love what they do. Yeah, me too. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Illinois Contingent. Okay, so let's... Do you want to go into track by track now? Let's go track by track. Yeah. Okay, so let's... We're going to look at the, the singles, all right? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, let's go album. Let's go whole album. Whole album. Whole album. Okay. All right, so we start with Want to Be Starting Something. Yes. What did you tell me about Want to Be Starting Something? So, pop in the tape or the album, whatever... Three beats in. That first little, right? That that drum track. I'm in. I'm totally in. Want to be starting something. It's fantastic, right? And then, just from that track alone, so you've got that great groove at the beginning. Maybe, maybe the best first track of any album of all time. Right, because it's want to be starting something. Right, and it just, it kicks off the album. It's, here we go. Let's get it on. Uh, and then you and you close with the now infamous Mama Say, Mama Sa, Mama Kusa. Right. Do we? Do you know what that means? No. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, I mean, what's your what's your take on that one? Yeah. No. I mean the the. I think that the what what he did with the combination of sounds there, he's got um, obviously the, the jazz influence of Quincy Jones going on. It's, it's got that kind of Caribbean feel about it, and a little it, African, yeah, and an African mix. He's definitely you've got those the rhythms that you didn't have before, like you said, those drum beats, but with that crisper, sharper sound, it just that can't be beat. Yeah, great, great track, great. Oh, it actually reached number five on the Hot 100. Okay. No video, but still released as a single, did very well at number five. Yeah. Right? Very, very strong showing. All right. Okay. So next track is Baby Be Mine, which I skipped. Yeah. That's, I skip it. It's, it's junk. Yeah. Uh it actually, to me, it's it's disco-y. Yeah. It sounds like it belongs on Off the Wall. Right. It's definitely, it's it's got more of the the, the horns and jazz stuff that I really don't want to, yeah, it's, the synth, it, yeah, For it. me, that's a, I had a little boom box that you, if if play was down, you could hit fast forward and you yeah. get that. That's what, yeah. that's what Baby Be Mine sounds like in my head, right? Right. I did listen to it for this podcast and I still think it's junk but okay yeah I, I, yeah, definitely a, a throwaway track in my mind as well then the next one is the 
Girl is Mine, which we've already talked about. Right. Um, and it's <laughs> simple. It is it is a catchy tune. It is goofy lyrics. Uh, the, the doggone you know. girl is mine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doggone girl is mine. And, Paul, I told you, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Dude, that's the best part of the... Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. I love Thriller, but this one... Eh. <laughs> okay, so but, we'll, it did, but it did reach number two in the Hot 100, right? So, so it's clearly a smash hit. I, right? I at at seven years old thought it was fantastic. I still like listening. I to know it. every word. I told when we, you know, we said, "Hey, we're doing this," and, I said, and we both listened to the each album beginning to end. When I walked away, that was the song that was still in my head. It wasn't Thriller, it wasn't Beat It, it wasn't Billie Jean, it was The Girl Is Mine. The Dog Girl Is Mine, yeah. Freaking Beatles know how to make you They song They write some good hooks, that's right. Okay, and then we've got Thriller, which, uh, I mean, we've already talked about the making of, right? So the electronic and synthetic music that was coming out at the time kind of left me cold most of the time but these guys took it and made it something amazing it's fantastic it's like you're walking into walking into space i mean it's just those beginning it's just it's too cool you've got you've got slamming doors you've got creaky doors you've got uh, howling wolves you know and then you've got the don't 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 you know it's it's so good it's so good it's and well this was the last single released on the album it only made it to number four on the album which is crazy it's to me it's absolutely crazy it's insane. For for this song to have this kind of life, right? And never make it to number one. I know, and and you will even to this day you will see people recreating the song, the, the dance that was done in the video. Which, by the way, that video was like the timing of MTV and Michael Jackson's release of Thriller, and also I would like to mention the release of American Werewolf in London. I didn't mean to call you Meatloaf, Jack. Yep. All came together in this beautiful, perfect power of no doubt. Some. It was amazing. Um, so they're wanting to make this video, and the CBS is like, "No, we're we're selling a ton of these. We don't need to sell more. I mean, we can't make them as fast as, right. as we're selling them. Why would we want to release another single?" So they didn't want to release the single, and so that so they have to figure out how are we going to pay for the video if the CBS isn't willing to pay for the video, and we know that we want to blow it out of the water with John Landis directing and this really great I mean they they changed the way they changed the way of videos which was a weird a weird thing to say looking back and thinking oh videos have really only been going on about a year right it was it was unlike anything ever done so they go to MTV and they say we would like you to pay for it and MTV is says well, yeah, we, we can't do that I mean we start making we start making videos for artists we're going to lose we're all toast. Of our money. that's right yeah, yeah. And so they, what they said is, we'll agree to finance the making of Thriller, uh-huh. and then you can use the proceeds from that as the money to make the video of Thriller. Interesting. I don't even know how that works. Well, so okay, so wait, when ahead. you're talking about the the video directed by John Landis, right? American same American guy who London. did American Werewolf in London. He also did National Lampoon's Animal House. Yeah, that- 
Animal House, Trading Places, right? I mean, he's done some some big time movies. Rick Baker did the makeup for this, right? Rick ba- Baker of uh, Star Wars fame, Star Wars, American Werewolf in London. So he did all the transforming, you know, changing Michael into a werewolf, changing Michael into a zombie. So you've got the video, you've got um, the Playboy model. Do you remember her name? Her name was Ola Ray. Ola Ray, yes. yes. Thank you. Beautiful. I didn't know she was in Playboy, though. So, what are we going to do now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Google search. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. And they completely redo the song in order to fit the video. I mean, they don't. They did. Yeah, that's right. And so you've got this long da- dance sequence. Michael's totally zombied out. So uh, tell me more. Tell well, me what you remember about Thriller. I was just going to make mention of it. So I was curious about this. I don't know if anybody else would be curious about this, but so Thriller was not, never made it to number one on the Hot 100. Right. Right. So I'm like, immediately when I see this, I'm like, what in the heck kept it out of the number one spot? What songs are good enough to keep Thriller out of the number one spot? Right. So I went back and I, and I went to Billboard and I found it. So, so Thriller made it to number four. Right. So these three kept Thriller out of the number one. Man, they're they so good. It, it's I don't almost know. justified. It, it is. It, it almost is. So, number one, the week that Thriller peaked at number four, number one was Jump by Van Halen. I justified. Mean, yeah. Justified. 80s iconic song. Okay? Absolutely. Number two, 99 Nuffaloons by Nina. Right. Great song. Great song. Great iconic. song. Right? Yep. Okay. Number three. Yes. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. By Cindy Lauper. And once again, I mean, you, you've defined the '80s in in four, four songs. songs. That's right. In four songs. If that's all you know about the, you got a pretty good handle. Yeah, on the I 80s. mean, because you've got your one-hit wonder in there. Yes. You've got the rock and roll band that dominated MTV with their just absurd. We're just standing on stage, singing and dancing and jumping. And being crazy. <laughs> Might as well just jump. I like I mean, there's really literally nothing in the video, but man, that thing was on all the time because it was just awesome to watch them, mm-hmm. which and speaks to how good David Lee Roth is, by the way. We'll cover that later. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's great. You're absolutely right. And you never knew whether you're going to get um, English and what was the original language? German. German? Yeah. yeah. My wife and I had a conversation about this that she loves to remind me of. What's that? The... So 99 Luft Balloons is clearly the German version. Right. Red Balloons. We had an argument one time, and I felt like, man, I know 80s music. Yeah. And to me, that song is is English. (laughs) And she's like, no, it's like German or something. I'm like, no, it's English. So we we have this. Anyway, she loves to rub it in my face. Well, it's both. Well, it is both. It's both. I mean, they sang it in both English and German. You're both right. That's a win. (laughs) And if you're arguing with your wife, that's a definite win. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. So, Thriller is the fourth track on the album. Right. Okay. So, in my... I don't know what happened to me when I was a kid, but the way that things started on that album for me was beat it. Like somehow I played side two first. Right. Maybe I just saw that Thriller was the final side on one thing. And so I thought, okay, that's the end song, right? Beat it has to be the first song because at that time beat it was huge. Huge. They had kind of said, Hey, we need a rock song. Quincy Jones goes to Michael Jackson and plays him. My Sharona. 
he's like, we need something like this. We need a rock, rock song. Okay. And Michael says, I've got something. I don't have the lyrics yet. Uh, I'll, I'll get it. Comes back the next day, has it, has the song, and it rocks. And the music was good, and the music was loud. There's no question about it. This is a rock song. This is not the disco of Off the Wall. This is not the jazz of Quincy Jones. This is Michael Jackson rocking the heck out of the song. That's it. It's fantastic. And then the video is this kind of dirty, gritty, uh, you know, you kind of look back on it now and it looks a little cheesy, but at the time it was like, oh, these are are the gangs of New York. No doubt. They, They were actual gangs. Other than certain dancers, they, they had real gang members on the set. Yeah. So the the guy who wears the white jacket, yes, that's the choreographer that I was talking about. Okay. I, his name is his first name is Jeff, and I'm forgetting his last name right now. But he, uh, good old Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, obviously, I, he was the one that put together the the dance for the guitar solo that happens, which is this really, you know. Sharks versus Jets, uh, kind of clearly based on West Side Story. Yeah, West Side Story deal, and um, and you got Eddie's screaming solo in the back, which I guess I haven't talked about that either. That was the other thing. Yeah. So Quincy called Eddie about coming. He's like, I got this. You know, Michael's written the song, and and Eddie's like, Who is? He's like, It's Quincy Jones. He's like, F you, and hangs up the phone, and apparently did that about four different times before Quincy Jones really convinced him. Hey, this is really Quincy Jones. And he's like, Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And so he goes in, he's like, what do you want me to do? They said, you're here because you know what to do, so you just do it. Yeah. And so he messes around with it for a minute and and says, hey, can you change the chord progression in this spot here and this spot here? And you can hear it when you listen to the song, the the progression changes. And then he throws that solo down. And I think, again, it was a two-take type of deal. But as he's throwing it down, this is... This is not urban myth. Like all of the guys who are there, I've seen them. They all say the same thing. He set the monitor on fire. It actually went on fire. And like he's playing and the monitor starts flaming and they're like, holy smokes. And the techs run in and they've got their, you know, their uh, extinguishers and they're trying to put it out. And one guy turns to the other, you know, Rod turns to Bruce and he's like, I guess this means it's going to be (laughs) it. That's fantastic. Thriller in general is noted for having three strong Christmas seasons, 82, 83, and 84. It owned Christmas three years in a row. That's unheard of. That would never happen today. Yeah, no, and it makes total sense because they released, and they were trying that. They wanted the Christmas album, and, and I think probably the first of those three in 82 was probably the weakest. But right. they um, they wanted it out before Christmas because they wanted people. They knew that Off the Wall had done well. They knew that they made a good album. Right. They they wanted it released by Christmas. It just didn't do as well as they had hoped that it would. But then it's the release of the Thriller video that next year that causes the big resurgence at Christmas for '83, yeah. and then it's the unfortunate fire that causes the big resurgence for '84. Wow, incredible. Okay, so back to beat it. We saw the video. 
Uh, is this where we talk about Weird Al? Oh, sure. You want to talk about Weird Al? Let's I mean, go. might as well throw it in here as a little side note. I, I I don't think you grew up in the 80s without either loving or hating Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, this I, was my introduction to Weird Al. Oh, mine too. Yeah, well, I don't know what the... I think he had some stuff before this, but I oh, was yeah. not aware he was, of it. Well, he was on a show called Dr. Demento, uh-huh. um, but I think that I think that this, that, that Eat It, really led to the album, uh, which I had... Um, which introduced me to a whole lot of other things. Right. And oddly, I, I think I, like, uh, I lost on Jeopardy. I thought that's what the real lyrics were. I didn't realize that that was, <laughs> uh, that was not what the real lyrics were. So I was, I was surprised to hear about that. I showed Ava, my daughter, mm-hmm. the Weird Al video the other day. Uh-huh. Eat it. Yeah. Okay, so Weird Al, eat it. Obviously, beat it is what it's based on. Right. It still kills. She loved it. She thought it was hilarious. Well, the my kids have they have no inclination to watch the bad video at all, but they will watch Fat all day long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. Here yeah, we'll get that in a minute. Okay. Okay. So we've got Beat It, Billy Jean. I've already talked about. Brilliant. It's it, you know the songs on here. The the reason not only is it the sound that sets them apart, but they do not sound like any other songs that were before this time. Like they changed the paradigm. This was a shift that happened, and and Billy Jean is obviously a huge factor on that. That the, it's just brilliant. So then we've got uh, we've, we've hit Billy Jean. Well, wait, the, wait. Well, go ahead. Go so ahead. let's talk just Jean. a minute about Billy Jean. So Billy Jean, obviously, you have the the Motown performance where he does the moonwalk, where people yeah. just lose their mind over what they're seeing, and it still kills. I mean, when I look at it, I'm like. Uh, my body is not capable of doing what he's doing. I don't know. Right, and he was disappointed in it too. Apparently, yeah, he wanted to right. hold the topos for like a good second and a half, and it was just a pop and done. But I, you know, I saw that interview. He was not pleased that he wanted to spin and stick it for like five seconds or something. The, the toe, uh-huh. and it was just an up and down, and he was mad at himself on that. Right, but that's now what kind of defines people who who recreate that dance is they'll just do the, the momentary pop-up, and it seems cooler to me. I think it probably would have been just weird a, if he'd held. That's I mean, right. He's not a ballerina. Right. So uh, the song was obviously a number one hit on the... Oh, so before we move on, Thriller reached number four on the Hot 100. We talked Beat about it. that. Beat It number Beat one. It was a number one hit. Yes. Okay. One of only two number one hits on the album. Okay. Thriller seems, produced that two. That seems like it might be playing into your argument later on, the fact that you're One of only out. two. <laughs> so, Billie Jean was actually the other number one hit from Thriller. Okay. So, as bad as 82 sucked, 83 and 84 were really pretty darn good for music. They were fantastic. Which, Best ever, maybe. Okay, I'm not gonna, we won't get into that part right. of things yet. Well, let's let's finish out the album. Okay, so, okay. do we cover Billie Jean? We got Billie Jean? I think Billie Jean is covered. Okay. So, Human Nature. Human Nature. Real catchy tune. Yeah. A late add to the album, by the way. So Human Nature yeah. reached number seven on the Hot 100. Okay. So another top ten hit. For me, the song is excellent. Love it. Yeah. Um, a little soft in the middle, but there's that one section that we'll play right now, hopefully. Yeah. 
that that part is gold. And then uh, second to the last album on the track is PYT, Pretty Young Thing. <laughs> second to the last track on the album? Is that what it is? <laughs> Strike that. Reverse it. <clears throat> PYT. And, and so uh, the uh, this is where the chipmunks come back into play again. <laughs> Yes. I think I heard that song like, oh, this is the guys from my uh, Chipmunk Punk album. Yes. I'm so excited yeah, about that's this. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, for some reason, he's got a couple of weird little voices that come in on this one, but it doesn't tarnish the beauty of the song. Well, it is, it, it, we can talk about that. So yes, you got the chipmunks at the end of PYT, which, in my opinion, does tarnish a great song. Okay, so you do have, so you got Janet and Latoya singing. Yeah, the, the backups yes, right yes. there. They're the they are the PYTs. Yes, they are the PYTs. His sisters. Yes, and sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah, and then you get the chipmunks. Okay, so do you know who the chipmunk is? No, it's Michael Jackson. Still not good enough to say. That. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> but. Here's the thing. It's 1982, and Chipmunk Punk is one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Okay. And we know that one of Michael's biggest things is he wants to sell a lot of albums, right? He does, clearly. And and you listen to Quincy Jones, or you listen to Rod Templeton talk, and they're like, let's just go make a good album. You listen to the guys from Toto who did the back, they're like, let's just go make some good music. You don't know. You're never going to know whether this is going to be a big hit or not. Right. But Michael Jackson had went from... Ultra famous as Little Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five yes. to famous again and this really is the, this is the explanation of why Michael Jackson's weird. Not why he's weird. Okay, it's that he wants to be his. I don't think his motivation is money. I think his motivation is okay. Maybe his motivation is money. Yeah. He wants to sell an auto. He wants to sell a lot of albums. Yes, that is what seems to be his driving force. And so he here he sees that Chipmunk Punk has gone crazy. And he's like, I can put a chipmunk voice in my thing. I'll just do it. I'll just do it and I'll speed myself up and it'll be fun. Right. And so I think that's, I mean, I think he did, I think he did a money grab or a fame grab or something with that. And I think it worked because I was at the time going, oh, cool, chipmunk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let me just say, first of all, I love the song PYT. Okay. I love it. It's very catchy. No video. Reach number 10 on the Hot 100. Yep. So clearly a smash hit. You get Janet and LaToya is kind of known for getting some of that. And it, it works well. It, it's good. There's just that. Michael Jackson's weirdness just kind of creeps in at the end of it. It's kind of the <laughs> sin of the album. But but it's it's catchy and it's good. I, and I like it. I, I clearly like PYT a lot. Right. You didn't have Chipmunk If I could punk. strike the Chipmunks from this album. You didn't have Chipmunk Punk, did you? I did not. I had Chipmunk Punk and Urban Chipmunk <laughs> and probably the other three albums that came out after that. I was nine. I guess I was. Yeah, you were past that. <laughs> it, was beyond your, it was beyond your time. And then the, the album rounds out with The Lady in My Life, which again is, yeah, it's a throwaway track for me as it's well. It's a stinker. How did that clear? So I heard, I heard Quincy Jones talking about it. He yeah. said, you start with 800 songs. Yeah. And then you try to get it down to nine good ones, yeah. right? Yeah. Which they felt like they did. Yeah. Then they threw out some, and through all that, the lady in my life somehow clears all the hurdles to make it 
on yeah. the Greatest Seller album of all time. Well, yeah. Uh, so of all of the all of the tracks on the album, uh, only two of them are skippers for me. You know, I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip "Baby Be Mine." I'm gonna skip "The Lady in My Life," but the rest of the album. <laughs> it changed music history was a pop culture nuclear bomb yeah absolutely without question and i note with some embarrassment but not a lot that my grandma made me a sequin glove and i would wear (laughs) that to school Uh yeah now he i didn't realize you were that cool yeah Okay. Okay. Great. And so then, eighty-seven comes along. You know, th- those were good songs. I, I like those songs a lot. But especially, I like the new songs. The much anticipated. Right. So maybe the most anticipated album of all time. So, join us next week for part two of the Bad versus Thriller debate. Here is some of what you will hear. Off the Wall is Star Wars. Thriller is Empire Strikes Back. And Bad is Return of the Jedi. We'll we'll get into this. Vince Jones actually got Prince and Michael Jackson together. And Bad was originally intended to be a duet, sort of a back and forth, your butt is mine Right. <laughs> right. That, that and, becomes more uncomfortable right. when you say it like that. That's right. weird. Okay. The point that he starts doing those yells that I would. Oh! <laughs> what the heck? This is the best song on either. Oh, no, no. This is no. the best song on either album. You, you, uh, it's not my favorite, but it's the best one. Next one is Dirty Diana. You will not hear me say anything bad about Dirty Diana. Okay. Thank you so much for your support of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Don't forget, we also love to debate on social media as well. So be sure to follow us at Shirley Podcast on Twitter, at Shirley Podcast on Facebook, or email us at ShirleyPodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to check out the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast channel on YouTube. And as always, please hit the subscribe button now so that you never miss an episode of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. We go on from there, right? We've covered Thriller. Golly, how can I forget this? Sorry, keep going. Well, I was just going to say, 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 say is is big because of the video. The only thing I remember is Michael Jackson winning an arm wrestling contest. (laughs) 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 That's Uh, hilarious. Yeah. All music images and movie clips are used for the purposes of commentary and education in conjunction with the fair use agreement under the U.S. copyright law.